The best way to describe my dad would be to tell you about his bathroom. Stay with me. The first thing you'll see when you walk in is a stack of books about whatever it is he's learning then. Maybe science, history, religion. And then taped on the walls are pieces of paper with words from the half dozen languages he's learning. I want to learn Latin, Greek, and everybody should know French and it can't possibly hurt to know Italian, a little bit of Italian and some Portuguese. That's my dad. He is the most curious person I know. He also makes his own yogurt and bread, taught himself the violin at age 69. Yeah, I, been, I studied it last night. I, I worked on the vibrato last night, actually. So. so growing up, our house was filled with music and art and math and science and a little bit of chaos. There were seven kids. Wonderful children. Wow. <laughs> One boy and six girls. Do you remember where I fall in the family? You fell softly and gently at the very end, the youngest of all. Do you think that's why you love me best? (laughs) Yeah, you can strike that off the record. The two things I think he most wanted to pass on to the seven of us were his curiosity and his faith. My dad is a devout member of the Mormon Church. His family has been for generations. His ancestor was a bodyguard for Joseph Smith, the church's founder. He and my mom raised us Mormon. My dad and I are a lot alike. I definitely inherited his curiosity. It's probably why I'm a journalist. And for a long time, I also shared his faith. Um, do you remember, do you remember the day I told you that I had decided not to be Mormon? Uh, not necessarily. I think, you know, the things that, uh, that you mentioned and all that, those were not uh, hidden. I mean, I could see them coming, and I could see and where you were headed. I was surprised to hear him say this. Before I left the church, I hadn't told anyone I'd even so much as doubted. And I'd lived this sort of varsity Mormon life. I went to BYU, which is a private Mormon university where I was a student leader. I went to the Mormon temple, which you only go to if you're willing to make deeper commitments to the church. I kept all the rules, and there are a lot of rules. No coffee or alcohol, no rated R movies, no premarital sex, hours of church every week, 10% of your income, and lots of other things. But I actually didn't mind the rules. They were almost comforting, like you had this cheat sheet for how to live a good life. And that kind of shared sacrifice and devotion creates this incredible bond. I loved my Mormon community. What I did start to struggle with was the premise of the church. What do you fear most for your children? Just about choices that are, that in the long term will not produce good results. I worry about those kinds of things. Like what? I guess uh, if if we were being personal, it would be w- with you when you uh, talk about truth being relative and maybe think saying that a person can f- decide what's true and two different truths can be different. I mean, truth is not something that changes. The premise of the church is sort of that. 
Truth isn't something you decide. It's something God tells you through church leaders. So the church is God's one true way for everyone. A few years out of school, I became a speechwriter, which took me to dozens of countries. And the more cultures I studied and people I met, the idea of one true way for everyone just started to feel improbable. These doubts scared me. Being Mormon can feel absolute, like you can be in or out, but not halfway. So expressing any doubt felt like saying, I'm out. I didn't want out. So I said nothing, not even to my identical twin who wasn't even Mormon anymore. I tried not to even think about it. Just be more faithful. It'll pass. It didn't. And eventually, it started to feel like a double life, like doubter on the inside, model Mormon on the outside. So when I got a job in Bangalore, India, I made it a deadline. I would move to India, and I would leave the church behind. It was only from the safety of 10,000 miles away in India that I did what I feared most. I started telling people. I wrote and rewrote an email that I sent and resent. Hi, uh, I'm not Mormon anymore. Forgive me. I thought that would be the hardest part, telling people. But I was wrong. Here's me explaining this to my dad. I've told people before that if I were to name my story, it would be first you leave and then you go. And that the going part is the hard part because it, there's a real void. Because I came from a background that is very structured, right? Like I knew a lot of answers to things. So what has ended up being the hardest part is rebuilding. All the questions the church used to answer, I had to answer myself now. Big questions and small disorienting ones, like coffee. The first time I ordered coffee, I was 32. I can still picture myself standing in Starbucks, confused by the menu, and sure that everyone around me knew. Then later that year, feeling confused again, but this time by a bar menu when I ordered my first drink of alcohol. I ordered champagne. At least I knew what that was. It was a lonely process. I didn't want to ask my not-Mormon friends for help because I felt embarrassed. Like, here I was in my 30s learning all these adolescent things. And I didn't want to tell my Mormon friends how hard it was because I thought they'd just feel like, of course you're lost. You left the truth. The moment it felt truly final had to do with my Mormon undergarments. They're the most sacred symbol of your faith, and you promise to always wear them. It's a sort of ritual for how you're supposed to throw them out. I didn't know if I owed it that anymore, so they sat in a box for years, until one day, I just threw them in a dumpster. I felt bad about that for years. More than coffee or alcohol or anything else, skipping that ritual felt like saying, I mean it. I'm out. 
I knew I didn't believe in the church. I knew that for sure. But I started to have new doubts. Do you think I'm a bad person? Not at all. You're a, I believe that you're a, a choice daughter of a divine creator. I don't think that you're bad at all, fundamentally at all, no, but you've made some decisions that aren't going to lead to happiness. But there's virtually nothing that a person has done or can, can do in most cases where they can't have that corrected and rectified and fixed. Where life is short, and there's an eternity that lies ahead, so this is not one that can be taken lightly or that you can get wrong. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm solemn. Yeah. Well, I hope someday that you'll find out what you believe. Before we said goodbye, he gave me an update on his latest invention. Yesterday, I experimented making some yogurt, and it didn't work. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, no, I, I love to experiment, and it doesn't always work. But it's important, almost as important to learn what doesn't work as it is to learn what does work. On that point, we still agree. Well, I love you, Dad. I appreciate all the curiosity and faith and all the good things you gave me. I really do. Well, I love you. All right. Tell Mom I said hi. I will. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.